0: Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash pivot.
2: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
1: And I'm Scott Galloway. And
0: my son turned 21 today. Turns That's
1: 20. very exciting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He can legally change his name.
0: Actually, right about now is when I had him. Like right now, I right was about undergoing. Now I well, it's three hours earlier. He, well, you I had actually just gave had... birth? Yes, I did. I still did. don't
1: know how this whole lesbian yes, thing I works.
0: Did. I had a cesarean, so I didn't quite give birth. They pulled it right out, pulled him right out of me. Did you, to plan
1: it? Did you get the planet? Did you get say, "I want to, I want this thing out of me"? And no,
0: I. Uh, he had a. There was an issue with a cord and uh, around his neck, and so mm-hmm. they rushed me into surgery, and then they took him out of me. That was it. That was mm-hmm. the entire. He had a perfect head because of that. Um, but yes, I was pregnant. Scott, try to keep that in mind. I'm going to send you, you gave a picture. Birth,
1: wait, you gave birth once or twice? Just once. Just once. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Perfect specimen. And that's why he's your favorite?
0: No, he's not my favorite. I went when the, all of us went out last night to Benihana, we had a mm-hmm. great time.
1: Mm-hmm. We had
0: a, for Louis' birthday, that's what he wanted, mm-hmm. a Mother's Day. And so, mm-hmm. uh, they're all perfect. They're all fantastic.
1: Do you think uh, that one of the reasons that Alex is an overachiever is him trying to overcompensate for your love of the natural childbirth love of no, Louie?
0: Here you are. Just, this is so like I'm I not even say it's anti-gay. It's Can just I ignorant. just tell you? Ignorant I, is what it is. But go I ahead. I went
1: through childbirth twice, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen in my life. You and didn't go through it. Think, you
0: observed it. Correct. Oh
1: no, it was worse for me. Oh, okay. it was worse for me. Okay. <laughs> God. They were literally, at one uh, point, this is all this is true, the doctor said, "Yeah, if you pass out, I yeah. just want you to know, we're going to ignore you. We're going to focus on the mother and That's the child. That's correct.
0: That is correct. And that I'm is correct.
1: Like, okay. And I was sitting down, and at one point, one of the nurses came over yeah, and held my hand because I was in such... About, anyways, uh, uh, bring me the baby with a bow in its hair while I'm smoking okay. a cigarette How outside. How did we
0: get from Louie, my beautiful God. son, turning? Oh wait, 21. let's go
1: even worse. I met a lesbian this weekend, or like a hot twenty-eight <laughs> year old lesbian. And the first thing I always do when I meet lesbians now is I'm like, I You're know okay. Kara Swisher, which I think gives me big lesbian <laughs> I don't, credibility. I don't think it, does. <laughs> and, it does. And it does not. And she's this really nice, intelligent, hot twenty-eight year old lesbian. And I said, yeah. Oh, I'll definitely set you up. So if you have any single lesbian I don't, friends, I
0: don't, we don't all know each other. I hate to tell you Don't you know everybody? I don't. Not, no, no, not all the lesbians. So, so far, let's review. Let's review. My pregnancy is all about you, which of my son, who turned 21 today, is all about you. I think you need to wish Louis Swisher a lovely birthday.
1: I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to take Louis out for a drink. I'm ah, going to teach him a little sure. bit about mating. I'm
0: <laughs> not sure I want that to happen.
1: Oh, it's going to be great.
0: He showed me his fake ID. He's going to frame it. I got him a camera for his birthday. What do you think? A really nice, Like real, a cool
1: Leica? Like something like, Yeah, cool, Yeah,
0: letting him pick, decide what he wants, but I got him a-
1: You should get a Leica and just wear it around and pretend he's an artist.
0: Yes, he's going to Argentina for the year, so he wanted a camera, and I thought that was a great thing that he wanted. He wanted a good camera, so not huh. a phone camera. And junior.
1: he's returning for his, or he's in his senior year at NYU. No,
0: he's a he'll be a junior next year, so he's doing junior, junior year abroad. Remember, he took that year off.
1: Oh, where's he going?
0: He's going to Argentina.
1: Oh, he's going to be. Don't cry
0: for me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's going. That'll Argentina. be good. I know exactly. He's it's good
1: to be Louis Swisher, huh?
0: Louis had his friends. He was he danced in Benihana, He wore the hat. He wore a crown. Wow. Clara and he traded tattoos. It was it was quite an evening. Was going. And nice. So Mother's Day. Nice. And thanks for the wishing me of happy Mother's Day. What would you do you for know, your wife?
1: First home, mm-hmm. first love, first boss. Okay. Mother's Day.
0: <laughs> That's good. What did you do for your wife for Mother's Day since you are not there?
1: Uh, she is in Tel Aviv with yeah. a good friend. Actually, she was in Petra. Oh. So her Mother's Day gift is time away from her husband. Oh, okay. Um, but okay. Funny. I,
0: we had a brunch and hung out together. But did you? Yeah.
1: I love Mother's Day. The, yeah. the nicest thing in my the life nice is raising holiday. is raising boys with someone I care about. It's mm-hmm. generally the nicest thing in my life. Yeah. And so I do a bunch of stuff, but uh, sure, I'm being confidential. Okay. Um, oh, wow. But it's okay. an important day for me.
0: Okay, good. Well, good. That's really nice. I had a lovely day, too. It was really nice. Got nice cards, nice brunch lucky is here too she went to benihana also
1: lucky just to just to bring (laughs) everybody down a little (laughs) bit just to just to keep it real keep it real
0: benihana happy 21 lucky lucky do you know
1: what you're doing with your life
0: (laughs) no no we had a good time we had a good time i have to say it was a big old family get together all weekend and it was amanda's birthday too so it was just a crazy weekend of family activities
1: technically it's like oh my god you've got wait hold on what? A Mother's Day and a lesbian—that's like eleven fucking people to worship. <laughs> Who makes breakfast? Everyone's and getting my breakfast. My ex-wife in bed. came
0: too to the brunch.
1: I know because so it it's her Mother's Day too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so this it is was a my lot. Mother.
0: Now her mother, Amanda's mother was also there. So there were five mothers at this brunch.
1: Five oh my mothers. Oh, God, Hallmark love. I know there should never be. <laughs> A company that gives more money to LGBTQ rights than Hallmark. Three
0: lesbians, two straight ladies of five mothers. That was, that was what the day was like. Anyway. Wow. We should run the fucking country, lesbians, I got to tell you.
1: Yeah. That'll solve everything.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about Twitter's new CEO, also Mm the struggles at CNN after last week's Trump event. And we'll speak with Senator Mark Warner about TikTok AI and the controversial bill about kids online. I think we'd have to ask him a thing or two about Turkey because of the, the Twitter thing, but we'll see what he has to say. But first, Taylor Swift has more pull than most politicians. Cities have been planning elaborate welcome gestures for tour visit. It started when Glendale, Arizona decided to rename the city Swift City for two days in March. Other gestures have included a street being temporarily renamed Taylor Swift Way in Arlington, Texas, and the Gateway Arches in Las Vegas being lighted Swiss signature colors. Uh Tampa even attempted to make Swift mayor for a few days. This Taylor Swift tour helped Las Vegas reach near total pre-pandemic levels of tourism. According to local tourism authorities, over three and a half million people visited uh, in March, up almost 10% from 2022. I think this is fantastic. I think she deserves every bit of it. What do you think about this? What a phenomena she is. from. A from a every point of view, actually.
1: Yeah, there's a few things that have more cultural significance that I know less about. Like mm-hmm. if you held a gun to my head and said, Oh
0: no, don't say this, the Swifties will come for you.
1: Say a Swift song, I would know. So, but I, everything I've understood, understand about her is that she's a great artist and yeah. a good person. And most importantly, just because I know you want to bring this back to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I went on ChatGPT. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this. I'm literally obsessed with this. I know one. you are. And I said, write a song about Taylor Swift falling in love with Scott Galloway.
0: Oh, no. And it no, came back no. with this
1: ballad. And the ballad was kind of vanilla. So I decided to spice it up. And I added the element that makes every story better, specifically yep. my erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So I said, in reference to his erectile dysfunction, and um, let me read you just a few ballads. Okay. He's an NYU professor, silver-tongued and smart. In the sea of suits and ties, he's a work of art. Even though he's got a secret, one that makes him feel so small, he's still the bravest man standing so tall. He's open and he's honest about his private fight, a struggle that's unseen, hidden in the night. (laughs) But he stands strong, unashamed, wears his truth like a crown. Oh, Scott Galloway, your courage brings me down. Oh, no. Or she could fall in love with me, go on two dates and then write ballads about me. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that what she does? She goes on dates like she, she has doesn't. lunch and then but writes a ballot about let it. Let me
0: try to compare you that with Jake Tapper, who's t- doing very funny tweets about Taylor Swift. He wrote, my dear, my very dear wife, having conquered Philadelphia, the Swifties have now prepared to cross the river. Indications are very strong in a few days. Perhaps tomorrow I shall not write you again. I wish to warn you of their good cheer and sick beats. Lovingly, Jacob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he should start a show on the books that. he reads.
0: I, I got, I, mm. shut up. <laughs> stop it. Well, stop okay, there's it. a
1: reason he's still on CNN.
0: I uh, Okay, listen, this, this is the deal. Like he's Jake. a much Jake better. Jake should run the country. T- he should run the country. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Jake she is, and Taylor.
1: I think I like Taylor. A, Tapper Swift. Swift. Listen
0: to her. She runs her, she's such a great business person. She runs her own shit. She gets shit done. She puts on a great show. She's Impressive like the all. She's the, she's like a multi-omnipreneur. Multi, I like, like she runs she's everything. Super
1: impressive woman. She
0: also didn't take the money from the uh, FTXs of the world. She just looked at it and said, no, I'm hmm. just saying she's a very sharp cookie. Anyway, I'm not, I don't have tickets. I should get tickets. I love Taylor
1: Swift. It'd be more interesting if Jake Tapper fell in love with me. That'd be bigger news.
0: <laughs> Jake, <laughs> Jake That's an image. Oh, We've was...
1: got an announcement to make.
0: <laughs> I'll be honest, Scott. He's a little too handsome
1: for you. He is very handsome. Mm -hmm. He's very handsome. He's on a much higher shelf. No, he's he very, is, he's he's very a, attractive.
0: You're an attractive man, but not like Jake Tuff. Come on, I'll take it. I, I am thinking of the hair. I am thinking of the hair. Anyway, uh, the hair. Uh, speaking of good hair, some fresh setbacks for Bob one. Disney shares are down almost 10% in the last five days after the company reported losing 4 uh, million uh, Disney Plus subscribers. This was inevitable. The loss was offset by price increases, which was the reason. But um Wall Street had expected a gain of 1 million subscribers. Last week, the company announced it will add Hulu continent to the Disney Plus app. And Netflix plans to cut $300 million in spending this year. For context, the streamer's operating expenses were around $26 uh, billion last year. So $300 million feels kind of small. The decision is reportedly due to delays in plans to crack down on password sharing in the U.S. Uh, what do you think about this? Is this inevitable? Most losses come from India, where they lost rights to the Premier League cricket.
1: So this brings together a lot of trends, mm-hmm. uh, or is really indicative of what's going on in the broader media ecosystem uh, the first is that I mean th- the premier strategy is cutting costs and laying off people mm-hmm. and they reduced its streaming costs by almost half a billion dollars. Yeah. They've cut 7,000 jobs about mm-hmm. 6 billion in annual savings. They beat revenue expectations because post-COVID people don't want to be in their homes watching Disney Plus or Hulu. Mm-hmm. They want to be uh, doing things. I mean yeah. one of the I do think one of the One of the wonderful things about this crisis, post crisis, is that people have a newfound appreciation for what it means to be together and the finite nature of life. And when you add in, when you combine those two things, you end up with uh, a dad and a mom, or a dad and a dad and a mom and a mom, who say, let's take the kids to Disneyland. Mm. You know, if not now, when?
0: Clara just asked to go.
1: Here's the following thing people are waking up to the fact that going to Disneyland is about a billion times more rewarding than watching fucking Disney Plus all mm-hmm. day long.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: your job as a father right now, this is, I think, my job, is to get my kids out of the house and off their phone, yeah. whatever it is. Does yeah. it involve leaving the house? Does it involve the company of our mm-hmm. dogs? Does it involve you not being on your phone? If it hits any of those three things, the answer is yes. Yeah, And if you look at their numbers, Kara... They lost four million subscribers. They reduced costs four hundred million around streaming. They're buying Hulu, which is basically uh, consolidation, which needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And what's saving their ass right now? Right, an in-person, wonderful experience with others called the the parks.
0: Yep, I get it. So now he's and he's also still caught in the in the Desantis fight that keeps going on. And Desantis is not backing down. Neither is um, they keep passing legislation. Uh et cetera, et cetera. so he's he's got a lot on his plate. He's got a lot of space, but the prices, you're right. he's gonna these things are all of them are going to slow down, correct?
1: We've been saying this forever. I mean twenty six billion dollars in operating expenses, mm-hmm. one hundred and twenty million households in America. and so they are consolidating. You know they're taking Hulu cutting prices' I,
0: yeah, they're taking they're Hulu. cutting
1: price, cutting costs, cutting pr- mm-hmm. not cutting price, cutting costs. Cutting investment massively. And you know what was the biggest gift for them? What's the that? biggest gift? The writer's strike.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know what the writer's strike up, is? It'll suck up all the content.
1: It's the equivalent. Of stop. Well, uh, how all of these experts who invented AI, now, now that they're rich, have decided that what they created is a monster, mm-hmm. and they're asking for a pause. This is the perfect thing for the studios.
0: I was saying that to someone. The costs are – they're going to do the costs. Um, you know, it's interesting. He's got a lot in his place. And you're right. He just – he's going to suffer because these numbers are going to go down with price increases. He'll probably do better with price increases. Speaking of prices, one thing he said about the DeSantis Florida thing, which I thought was – he's still escalating that though. Does the state want us to invest more, employ more people, and pay more taxes or not? which I thought was a pretty strong statement. And then he said, I think the case in, the case is that we filed uh, last month, made our position in facts very clear. This is really about one thing and one thing only, and that is retaliating against us for taking a position about pending legislation. Where's your prediction of where it goes?
1: Oh, I, I immediately, when I saw that it was down 10 percent, and I immediately went and looked at the stock. And I'm thinking about buying it because this is this company has as much. You want defensible IP, that's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that's kind of the gangster for enduring stock mm-hmm. market value is defensible IP and yeah. this company has got more it. defensible IP. And Bob's coming in, you know, it's like Honey Badger just don't give a shit. Bob mm-hmm. Iger doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. in, you know, he's on the back nine. He can do whatever he wants. He has a ton mm-hmm. of credibility. He just acquired Hulu. They'll make that kind of the adult part of the their streaming platform. He mm-hmm. got it for not a terrible price. Yeah. He didn't have to overpay for it. He's cutting costs like crazy. This is a this is a this is the kind of stock you Sorry. give, to your, okay. give okay. to your kid
0: interesting well that's interesting speaking of a uh, kid uh, Forbes has a new owner twenty eight year old Austin Russell the CEO of an autonomous driving tech company I met him once or twice is acquiring eighty two percent of the business publication the deal will reportedly value Forbes at eight hundred million dollars Forbes attempted to go public last year via SPAC a blank check merger didn't go through with the process over financing concerns and market slowdowns. Axios has reported that Russell is in talks to receive funding from Indian investment firm Sun Group, a previous potential buyer whose deal did not materialize due to criticisms Forbes faced because of the firm's ties to Russia. Uh, okay, another rich guy buying something. He likes Forbes, apparently. Uh Again, Vice finally filed for bankruptcy last week. BuzzFeed News is shut down. Forbes worth $800 million. Um, What do you think?
1: Well, there's what something is only worth what someone's willing yeah. to pay for it. So and the fact that it was, it, sure. it is worth 800 million. I mm-hmm. would argue its value is more like 100 million. Yeah. It's got a brand, it's got nothing else. Yeah. And, and? I also think the Forbes brand has lost a lot of credibility because of its, they have this kind of weird stringer network. You probably know more about this than the I The contributor
0: network. Although they've been doing some great journals. We had that reporter you loved uh, who was writing about TikTok, Emily Baker White. Mm-hmm. And my friend John Pachkowski is an editor there.
1: So you think they're doing good work?
0: Some of the work is great and I think they are and they you do know, have that contributor uh program which when you click a Forbes link you never know if you're going to land on journalism. Yes, that they've had that. Why would someone like this want to own these? It's another billionaire that wants to own media.
1: It's it's pure and simple it's a form of ni- narcissism and fear of death. And mm-hmm. that is if you're if you're a billionaire Republican you buy sports teams, if you're a billionaire Democrat you buy a media company. Yep. I mean it's it just
0: what would you would you think having it would be worthwhile?
1: I mean, it's a global brand we're talking about. You know, the rich people thing. If he has, but to do a good job of it,
0: yeah, he's going to have to pour.
1: I mean, this is this is worse than a sports team. M- most sports teams they break even, they lose some money, and then the terminal value goes up in ten years. You sell it for a lot more to the yeah. you know Qataris or something. Yeah, with a media company, I mean. He's just—it's like buying a plane. You think, "Oh, great! I own a plane." Buddy, you just bought a ton of expense to mm-hmm. do anything with the Forbes brand, investigative journalism, long-form journalism, good business journalism, competing against the Wall Street Journal, and the New York Times. It just takes a shit ton of money, yep. and it's a terrible business. Yeah. So unless he's willing to sign up for another fifty million a year in investment, his yeah, newsroom is like going to get angry. Yeah. yeah. They're going to get upset with him. Leak. They're going to say it's not dedicated to journalism.
0: Leak, leak, leak. Yep.
1: Yeah. So I don't, I think this is a tough one, Kara. What do you yeah, think?
0: I wouldn't buy it. I don't know. I, it's, they're not good businesses. aren't good businesses. They just yeah, aren't. 100%. They just, they just, they're Terrible fine. Businesses. Again, the New York Times, what do they make just look look go go peruse the numbers it's a great company it's the best at what it does it's still a small business no it's matter business. you know it's a very good business but
1: it's a small business um, and they're the the best of a sorry lot they've yeah, done better the than best, anybody
0: hundred percent and but it's still yeah. not just go compare it to other businesses anyway speaking of that speaking of advertising let's get to our first big story. Twitter will have a new chief twit. Last week, Elon Musk teased that he had found a new CEO to take over parts of the company. On Friday, he confirmed what... Kara Swisher had long known. Another prediction. Another, it wasn't really a prediction. Ding ding ding, 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 ding. ding. That the job was going to Linda Yaccarino. By the way, Wall Street Journal, I did know it. Stop it. Stop pretending you're an exclusive. Until last week, Yaccarino ran global sales and advertising at NBC Universal. I, uh, I, I know her very well. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but some of Musk's biggest fans aren't happy with the pick. Influential right-wing accounts like Cat Turd, he weighed in, says she's too woke, citing her role at the World Economic Forum, where she chairs a committee. She has to go for advertising, you stupid cat poop. It's ridiculous. Others on the right have leapt to her defense. Pointing out that Yacarino follows and likes tweets from right wing accounts. She also served two terms on President Trump's Council on Sports, Business and Nutrition. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever, Linda. Um, I know Linda very well. I don't know if, you, I assume you do, Scott. I don't know her at all. She's a big, there's a number of big advertising people at a lot of these places. She's one of the more high profile ones. Um, you know, like Michael Kass and Linda Yacarino. There's a whole bunch of them that are well known. Lou mm-hmm. Pascalis. Um, uh, Anyway, she's very she is conservative 100%. If you talk to her, I wouldn't say uh she, she she's not conservative in the new sense meaning let's attack the gays kind of thing. That's not what she's like. Um, but she certainly was a fan of President Trump. She was known in house as the house conservative at NBC. Um, most people there are sort of middling Democrats, middling Republicans, essentially middle centrist. She's definitively conservative. Mm-hmm. She is a very good ad sales por- person. She's really aggressive. I did a lot of work with her when they, NBC had an, I had a investment in, uh, Recode. I think she's an excellent ad executive. I, she's, she's always wanted to be CEO. We've talked about that, um, several times. They never really, uh, someone said they didn't treat her more. At NBC, there's a lot of people. And when the Jeff Shells debacle happened, she didn't, when her name was not brought up, even though she brings in the dough. But they could sort of treat her, like someone told me, like the ad lady from Long Island, um, that kind of thing. And they do that with a lot of sort of high profile women in these kind of jobs. Um, and she wanted to, she wanted to go to the big time. There's a lot of upside for her. If it works, makes a lot of money. If it doesn't work, he's crazy. Um, she's well liked among the ad community, very well liked and really is is prominent i would say um now he's sort of admitting his subscription play is a failure i guess um her her negatives she never runs something like this crazy elon and this stuff that he's running the really important parts of the business so i don't know and and the ad people will come back because they like her but then if it doesn't work they'll abandon her in two seconds Mm -hmm. what do you
1: think i thought it was a really good pick. um she's She's well respected, well liked, runs a big business as an mm-hmm. adult. I don't you know, I don't think her politics are either here nor there. i, I well, think she has and, you
0: can't have a liberal go there and talk with him all day because he's he's really red pilled himself. so that's what I mean.
1: She, but we do she, probably, she agrees with him.
0: I know, but yeah, she's I, she's comfortable with his
1: politics there you go. and he's gone red pill he's mm-hmm. gone red pill. but anyways, um, what was interesting it sort it sort of indicates that. They're going to focus, her focus will be on advertising, although it's a bit, quite frankly, the way they described the position, he said, I'm going to continue to focus on technology and products. Products, Product, software,
0: systems, operations. She's business operations.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, she's the COO. I mean, they Mm -hmm. gave her the title. He's going to get to make all the major decisions. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there's like, I think that the over-under on her being there in 12 months is Mm 50-50. Um, And I would imagine that she's a smart woman. She said to her lawyer, there's only one thing that's important in this contract, and it's my severance agreement. Mm -hmm. Because this guy is undependable, unreliable. And when it comes to this thing that he's very emotional about, I could easily get thrown under the bus. So yeah. she has built in a a I'm sure I'd love to see her an employment agreement that says if I am terminated for pretty much any reason other than killing a child, mm-hmm. I vest everything for four years. And I bet he she hasn't even taken that many options. If I were her, she's a smart woman.
0: Take some cash, yeah.
1: All cash, because the he's trying to pretend this company's still worth twenty billion. It isn't. Right. But right. it's it's an opportunity for her because you meet her at a cocktail party and yeah. uh, you know, women and men have big egos at this level, and you go, What do you do? I run all of advertising for NBCU. Oh, great! I'm gonna head to the bar. Do you want anything? <laughs> I run Twitter. Really, <laughs> really. <laughs> so, really?
0: it's interesting. just a much, yeah. She wanted it's a this. Much more uh, you interesting could gig. feel that from her. She's so, um, and I don't mean this. Just uh, ambition was bristling off of her. Like, and that's not a negative thing in my Good for her. thing. And so, Would you I th- say
1: that about a man.
0: Would I you would. say that about I a would. man? I would. I call him feral, probably. I mean, we'll see what he behaves like. If he, he mm-hmm. she's sort of got him over. I was thinking about it. You know, I talked to her before she did that Elon Musk interview at that mm-hmm. event down in Florida, possible or whatever you call it. Again, she also, by the way, she likes attention. She likes being on stage. We often did stage things together. For she likes the stage, so that's one of the so things. So do you she, and me, Kara? I get it, but that's going to be a problem with Elon because he likes the stage, right? So that will she, if she starts doing interviews, will he like that? I think that's one of the things. But I'm, she wants prominence. And so that, mm-hmm. that'll that be, I think, a push-pull between them. And, mm-hmm. and another that, thing that is that That'll
1: be an issue. I, I can't name another person. The only person I've ever heard that yeah. works at any of his companies is the woman you keep referencing Yeah, but you never see her.
0: One time she told—I wanted to do an interview with her, and she said, Elon does
1: the interviews with you. Yeah, like, no, he's—no one's allowed— you don't even want to be at a party. Like, don't let anyone take a picture of you. I mean, it's all yeah. about him. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah.
0: So, and but she's she's got she's very uh, charming and everything. Uh, we talked briefly before. She didn't talk. We emailed before um, he did that interview with her. Mm-hmm. I just said good luck. Like, okay, good luck with that. And then when it I went saw really it, well, right? Uh, it went really I thought well. it was yeah. quite a. Kissy, kissy, kissy one. It was sort mm-hmm. of like, whoa, you didn't do anything I mentioned. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought one of well, the she reasons she was interviewing for a job. That's correct. <laughs> that's what I, when I looked at that, I'm like, oh, like that. And that's how I figured it out. That's how I figured it was her, because I saw that, and I was like, I got the first person who came to mind because of that in, that interview she did. Um, she's got a big thing to tackle from the start, government censorship. Last week, Twitter announced that it was limiting access to some content in Turkey. It hasn't said which comment, but Turkish news sites report tweets come from a Kurdish businessman and investigative journalist uh, who was uh, – Investigates the current government, which, by the way, they're going to looks like they're going to a runoff. Critics accused the company of caving to government censorship in the lead up to presidential election. Turkey held the election on Sunday. Musk fired back at one of those critics tweeting that the choice was to have Twitter throttled in its entirety or limit access to some tweets, which is not the choice. But by the way, before the takeover, Twitter fully complied with half of government demands it receives. It was one of the most aggressive pushback of government requests uh, in in tech at the time. Since the takeover, the number has gone up to 80%. Twitter said that he'll post what the government in Turkey sent us, but as of the recording, he hasn't. Twitter used to be great about fighting government censorship, uh, even going as far as to sue the government of India before he took over. Uh, but now he's removing content at Indian government's request, including a BBC
1: documentary, I find it's difficult to think of someone who is more full of shit than Mm -hmm. Elon Musk. And the latest thing he is uh, pitching, promising, being sanctimonious about, trying to attach to his brand, pretending Mm -hmm. he gives a flying fuck about it is free speech. Yeah. This is the absolute worst thing he could have done for democracy in a fair election. Mm -hmm. Because when you keep the platform up, first off, you're right. This has sent a message to every autocrat. That if you tell Twitter to bastardize their content in my favor, Mm -hmm. they will back down. Because the absolute worst thing that could have happened has happened. And that is he left the network up. If he'd taken the network down, the day after the election, they would have said, fine, put it back up. They probably would have said, keep it up, as you referenced they did before. Instead... Mm -hmm. The majority of Turkish citizens who had to make a decision going to the polls, and most people are really busy and don't make that decision, or oftentimes the swing voters who swing an election don't make that decision, Mm -hmm. had a source of news media that all of a sudden, all the anti Er Er Erdogan contact wasn't there. And there wasn't a disclosure saying we were forced to Mm -hmm. take it down. Mm -hmm. This was the absolute worst message to send to every autocrat around the world. Mm -hmm. Yep, This was worse much worse than taking the platform down. Mm -hmm. And it did everything an autocrat wants. Give me the impression I have free speech. Give me the impression the pro uh, Erdogan content has veracity because the platform is still up. But all the things questioning my corruption, talking positively about my opponent, that just disappeared. Mm -hmm. So just whenever Elon Musk says free speech, just keep in mind, a, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about.
3: Right. And B, true. if he
1: did, he has no fidelity to mm-hmm. it.
0: No, he also has man, business interests in Turkey. No problem. But he has huge business interests in Turkey, let's be clear, for both SpaceX and for Tesla. Um, and so this is just, <laughs> honestly, if he says I'm a free speech absolutist again, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think
1: free speech is important for humanity. Have you yeah. heard that rap? Yeah. Except when it comes to free elections in Turkey. Anyway. Just
0: typical, typical. And by the way, Twitter did the exact opposite before. They should do it everywhere. They are just we're not going to do it if they want to. The government's
1: speech. back down. They yep. want any longer. They won't They're all going to say the same thing now.
0: Yep, one hundred percent. They these com- especially because these companies are under such pressure by these governments, they really are. And it's not their biggest business. It's not like he's losing anything by doing it. It's like just advertising. It's not. It's except for Elon Musk businesses. Yes. It's, it's grotesque. It's, good luck, Linda. Good luck, Linda. Have a good time. Have at it. Have at Make it. Make sure that
1: severance payment is big.
0: I was told by an ad person, which I think is a hundred percent true. I was at a thing and they're like, I'm like, oh, are you going to go back to Twitter? And and they were like, well, it sucked before. And now there's penis pictures and white supremacists all over the place Probably not very much, right? Unless it works. So she's got to convince him.
1: She'll stabilize it. She probably has. Mm,
0: she probably insulted it to them before.
1: Yeah, has. but my guess is someone like that has such deep relationships. She's going to throw yeah. a bunch of great parties that can she and, is. Stuff, and and let's say, go. "Hey, let's
0: go, let's show up." Hey,
1: hey, e. C- hey CMO of PNG Ford. <laughs> just give me 10 or 20 million. It's just me, Linda. Yeah. She'll she'll they'll, they'll, they'll be a yeah. yakarino bump yeah. in their advertising, yeah. they're still going to have to deliver. But what you said is it's always been a subscale platform that's never really shown the ROI of the other stuff. No, nope, but let's go to the party. What do you say? No, I'm in. Anyway, Linda, again, good luck.
0: You're a very nice person, although I don't agree with you on your Trump nonsense, but whatever. All right, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, CNN's brass clamps down on internal dissent, and we'll speak with Senator Mark Warner about TikTok and more.
2: Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
0: Scott, we're back. CNN wanted controversy, and it got it. Critics are calling last week's town hall with Donald Trump reckless, irresponsible, and a disaster. In one case, that call was coming from inside the house. In CNN's Reliable Sources newsletter, reporter Oliver Darcy labeled the event a spectacle of lies. That got him called into a meeting with boss Chris Licht and the network's top brass. Licht told Darcy he was too emotional in his writing and to keep it dispassionate, according to Puck's Dylan Byers. Let me just say, that piece was not emotional. Chris Licht is a little emotioner. Anderson Cooper was emotional. Oliver Darcy was not emotional in that piece, but... Here we are, eight years in. People cannot cover Trump right. What is going on here, Scott? What do you think about this?
1: Well, it's really interesting. Uh, people are focused on what Disney's doing to Desant or Governor DeSantis, and, yeah. and they're they're right. But I actually think the thing that hurt DeSantis. What if CNN had decided to do a town hall with Governor DeSantis and not Trump? I think the DeS- I mean, these decisions matter, right? Mm-hmm. If they said, look, this is a new face, up mm-hmm. and coming in the polls, was the yeah. front runner, we're going to do a town hall with them. Yeah. Like, it would have been – I just – I think that um, – I, I feel for CNN. I don't – I think this – I think that they, they – I can understand why they made the decision. They made the call. They took a risk. It blew up in their face, quite frankly.
0: Well, a lot of people – I don't – disagree they should have had him i think a lot of that's that's one of their false arguments like Mm -hmm. we have to do it and all the people are like yeah we know but you did it badly like nobody Mm -hmm. like there was a bunch of screamy people on twitter saying they shouldn't do it but most uh, news organizations like yeah they should do it uh what are you going to do like they have them i think it's the issue and and then to clamp down on their own reporter media reporter for covering it is And I get the you shouldn't be writing about your own organization, but that happens sometimes in this case, it rose to the occasion, right? You don't pee inside the tent, but you do in this case because it was such a big news story. And to clamp down on a piece that was literally completely fair, uh, I mean, I think has irritated a lot of people. They just keep stumbling. And the only advantage goes to someone like Trump, although I don't think he did as well as people think. Either. I don't
1: know. I kind of come from, I understand the code of journalism and covering, but- it sucks to be a grown up. You don't shitpost the people who are signing in front of your post. chat. It wasn't shitpost.
0: You didn't read it. It was not a shitpost.
1: You're right, I didn't read it. It it
0: was not a shitpost. It was absolutely it was basically saying there's a lot of controversy here mm-hmm. and Trump lied a lot. Fact, fact. It was it was so dispassionate. They just didn't want them to write about it at all. And in this mm-hmm. case it was such a big news story. They wrote
1: about it cuz the media is obsessed with themselves. America mm-hmm. has moved on. But the would, media wants yep. to hand ring and talk and stare at their own
0: They we gaze cover at their the own here. navel
1: cuz they it's it's not they're more important than they should bring in
0: their media reporter and chastise them for doing his job. I'm sorry. I just well, I'm can't. sure they
1: bring him in every fucking week and chastise him for other reasons. It's mm, called don't. work
0: they didn't. They don't. They should focus if this guy has all these problems within CNN, this is not what he should be doing with his leadership. I'm sorry. I this was someone
1: on this was someone on background taking the situation out of context. i, I who the fuck cares? It's a private company. No, it company did happen. I know what happened. It happened. Uh, you- <laughs> I know. I know. And Louis is twenty-one. Let's I'm get just back telling to that. you. I'm very. You know? I, it
0: absolutely happened.
1: Mm, and okay. I talked
0: to all sides. So and then I
1: will defer to your judgment on this one.
0: I just it's the waste of one. fucking time to like sleep. this. In this case, the media reporter should write about it. Because it was such a big story, and it was a big story, especially in media. Now you may not be interested in media, although you spend an awful lot of time writing about media. Just I saying,
3: do. I do.
0: Um, so I think you should think about that. I think it creates a morale problem. I that think company. you
1: should think about it. Okay, I'll get right on that thinking. <laughs> no,
0: part. I think it's a Taylor morale Swift problem. Taylor Swift likes me. They have, she wrote a ballad about and, oh me. Oh my God! As usually, try to diminish things. It's a morale problem that I'm they already had, and they've made it worse.
1: They've I made it- a hot lesbian for us to set up.
0: Okay, all right. Let me just say. In the last episode, we're running presidential debates that only work if participants have integrity and fidelity to the truth. That's what someone named Scott Galloway said. What did Uh, I say? uh, You you said regarding presidential debates that the only work if participants have integrity and fidelity to the truth. Does that extend to the logic of news coverage generally? Just curious.
1: Oh, good one. (laughs) Good one. Good one. Oh, my. I have absolutely no response. Excuse me. (laughs) Excuse me. She's not my type. She's <laughs> okay. not my type. Come
0: on. Should you, uh, what do you think?
1: I Look, uh, this, uh, I'm standing by it. I think that they made, I understand the call to have mm-hmm. the former president and the front runner in a town hall. Mm-hmm. I think where they absolutely screwed up was acquiescing to his team's request to fill the place.
0: Trump I'll does. give you an example.
1: Uh, when I go on Bill Maher, yeah. part of the reason that we're successful on Bill Maher is mm-hmm. I think there are people in the audience that have a guttural, laugh, uproarious laugh at anything you say. Mm-hmm. And I think basically they didn't have a town hall. They had a red pill fan boy. Sununu
0: said that. Governor Sanunu said that. Uh,
1: that. Look, it's easy to play Monday morning quarterback. What If if we can play Magic Wongo back in history, I would have liked her to just Better say, proud. this is a fucking nightmare. I don't care. I'm going off script and say, turn on the lights and say, can someone who laughed tell me why they just That's laughed? That's
0: what I said for them to do. Thank you. Thank you. But how do you cover Trump? Tell me, Mr. Pretend you... Uh, you this passion, dispassion is not the right. I would metric. use
1: technology. Okay, again, okay. do it again. Uh, you let know me what I would see have?
0: how you're going to cover it. I would do the town hall. Uh-huh. I would
1: have it. I would have um a, a a bipartisan group of people, not red pill, not red pill. You know, weirdos. Uh-huh. What I would also I would leverage technology, and I am going to say we're going to fact check you real time, and I'd have a Chiron uh-huh. and every time he said something, I would fact check it, and it would have been blinking red all. Uh-huh. It would have said, he just said he sent this tweet. He never sent it.
0: Time delay is another thing.
1: Just be like, uh, this is not true. This is not true. He just said this. This Mm -hmm. is true. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yes,
1: this is true. I would fact check Mm -hmm. him real time. What if they had done the same thing with Governor DeSantis instead of Trump?
2: Yeah. That would have changed the
1: dynamic, at least for a short term. I'm not saying that's the right thing. They solidified his position as the front runner.
0: They did. And maybe they
1: didn't mean to do it, but you could have made the same type of rational argument for, look, President Trump, people know you. They have heard from you. Mm -hmm. The frontrunner and the number two and the person Mm -hmm. whose name is is most often mentioned is their likely contender Mm -hmm. for the GOP nomination and is also – a rising star in the Republican Party. We're going to do a town hall with him. Yeah. That would have been the right call, in my opinion.
0: It didn't do very well. Only 3.3 3 million viewers. It's a lot more than CNN usually gets, but it's actually below yeah, the we're Biden. We're all
1: talking about it. I understand, but. We're all pouring over it. I
0: get it, but it wasn't that good a TV situation, just so you know. I think The Onion had a good take with a headline Trump condemned for giving platform to CNN. <laughs> love that onion anyway yeah, they do a great yeah. job we'll see all the other networks will take trump by the way uh he's there and yeah, talks with all the will. major networks he's um, the best
1: guest in television he makes yeah same
0: thing with elon he's going on cnbc tomorrow night um But, you know, there's no way the media can't be a booster to candidates. That's just the way. We're not neutral. Um, And we like to think of ourselves as neutral arbiters. But as depicted Mm -hmm. on Succession this week, we are active players who make intentional editorial choices with consequences. That's from Evan Engel. The the relationship
1: between Tom and Shiv is just too much for me. They're just not nice to each other. I just can't handle it. I don't think people should treat each other that way. Keep
0: handling it. Let's just say.
1: He's got to be the bigger man. She's got to. Yeah, she's uh, they're just they're just relationships are supposed to enhance. Each other's lives and build each other up, not be mean to each other. I just, mm. I'm traumatized by succession. Right Are you?
0: Now. All right. Well, get ready. Yeah.
1: Get ready. Yeah. Oh, Two by the way, I episodes. read a tweet. Yeah. I read a tweet that someone said they couldn't follow it. And the best part of uh, succession was your podcast.
0: It's pretty good. I'm sure you're not listening to it, but it's very I'm good. Not, this week I had Jesse Armstrong, the creator this week, about this show. This
1: was a really good show. Wait, let's get back to Tom. He's a, he's, an, he's a, he's a classic Shakespearean actor, isn't he? Yes.
0: McF- McFaddian. Matthew McFadden. What's he like? Uh, He's wonderful. We should listen to my podcast with him. It's quite good.
1: Yeah, that's not going to happen.
0: And then I I just interviewed Jeremy Strong for a full hour. He plays Kendall Roy. He was great. Anyway, CNN, just get it together and stop acting like... Stop picking on CNN. Stop picking on... Oh, stop it, please. Anyway, let's bring in our friend of Pivot, speaking of nice guys. Senator Mark Warner represents Virginia in the United States Senate. He also chairs the Senate Intelligence Committee and is the sponsor of the Restrict Act, which if passed could ban TikTok. Welcome, Senator Warner. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with just something we just were talking about. Um, Elon Musk appears to be censoring tweets at the request of the Turkish government. We've seen him take similar actions in India. The last owner just uh, pushed back on the Turkish government when they tried to do this. Do you have any thoughts um, about the free speech implications? And should this be a congressional priority?
3: Well, Elon Musk is brilliant. I think we all know that. Um, I worry about his uh, tendency to be supportive of authoritarian regimes. Um, I often point out that if, if you ask any random group what American citizen is more obliged and potentially under the thumb of the Communist Party of China, it's Elon Musk, because he is totally dependent upon Chinese largesse for the batteries that go in all his Teslas, the the fact that he's got a major manufacturing facility there, and the fact that he's always willing to say good things about the regulatory environment in China when he trashes the regulatory environment in the United States and Europe. So Mm -hmm. the fact that he is um, kowtowing to the Erdogan um, government doesn't surprise me at all.
0: Doesn't surprise you at all. But There's nothing nothing Congress should be doing about this? Because that's how
3: Twitter fought. I, I listen. I, I worry overall about Musk's kind of hands-off approach to Twitter and his willingness again to go further and further to the right. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. There's, you know, I, I can tell you our committee uh, is not doing anything on this subject, um, and I don't know whether others are.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. Okay. So the let's get into the Restrict Act. It doesn't mention TikTok by name, but it seems pretty well targeted. Uh, talk about the Restrict Act overall, because many are worried that it's the Patriot Act of Yeah, data. A, a
3: man, well let me let me step back and take a minute or two on this. You know, we don't have any organized approach on how we deal with technology that comes from nation-states that our is defined as adversarial. That's mm-hmm. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, you know, mm-hmm. Venezuela, Cuba. Yep. Not my choices. That's been in, in law for some time. Yet we've seen this over the last five or six years. We It was Kaspersky, the Russian software company, a few years back. Mm-hmm. Then we've had huge issues with Huawei and CTE. Now it's TikTok. Uh, tomorrow it could be um, some other entity. And I think we need a rules-based approach rather than the whack-a-mole approach we've got now, which we, we kind of say, this this company's bad and let's go after it. We need a rules-based approach that would stand up to constitutional muster, that would recognize particularly communications-based technologies do have First Amendment rights, whether they're controlled by another entity or not, mm-hmm. and that would give the Secretary of Commerce the tools that would allow them to... Uh, Restrict, uh, potentially sell off, or in the ultimate case, ban um, an application. If and remember, the burden would be on the government to prove its case that this was a national security concern, mm-hmm. and there would be an obligation. I think a lot of our critics have missed this. Actually, for the intelligence community to declassify as much information as possible, so sure, so we just, can see the hey, proof. Yeah, hey, that's, that's, that's,
0: that's that's one that's of true. the issues. And and
3: let me let me go quickly because I'm sure there'll be follow up questions. Uh, you know, the basic premise of why I think TikTok's a national security con- issue is 150 million Americans use TikTok. TikTok says they use it for an average of 90 minutes a day. The two concerns I have with TikTok are, one, the data harvesting that's going on. And people will say, well, what about, you know, that? Yes,
0: I was just going to say, Facebook, Instagram.
3: Videos my kids like. How is that, you know, how is that important or not important? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if a foreign government knows what your kids like, mm-hmm. that could be used at some point in the future for blackmail. Mm-hmm. And the other p- portion, which is, I think, a huge concern, is the propaganda tools. It, and I think it would be naive to assume that the Communist Party, if they wanted bite dance to slightly shade mm-hmm. uh, what kind of videos, that is a concern. And let me quickly add, and I, you know this, Carolyn, Scott knows this, you know, my background's technology. I'm not mm-hmm. a complete trocleteite on these okay. issues. Right. Um, and I absolutely believe that there are problems with Facebook and Google and and um, Twitter and others. And I'm in favor of everything from kids' online safety to privacy legislation to Section mm-hmm. 230 reform. I've got data portability interoperability legislation. I'm for all of that. Yep, none of which,
0: let me point out, has passed. But this none one of it. Looks it like no like matter it fact,
3: will. if there's matter of fact, if there is a place where we get big old goose eggs, it is on any. Guardrails on on social media. So, but I think the discussion about about TikTok or national security concerns is a different one. Final point um, is that we were m- moving merrily along, picking up Republicans and Democrats two by two, mm-hmm. almost Noah esque. You know, we had thirteen mm-hmm. Democrats, thirteen Republicans. The Biden administration supported us, and it was looked like because it was rules based, we were making huge progress. After Mr. Show, the um, the TikTok CEO testified. Mm-hmm. It was like TikTok did flipped the switch and their lobbying suddenly yes. came to bear yeah. and you couldn't turn on TV without seeing a TikTok ad and all the little cheat sheets that the politicians read in Washington. And where the criticism has come, three areas, all of which I think are not valid, but all of which we are prepared to amend the legislation to make explicitly clear right. one is that somehow if TikTok were banned and an American citizen said, I still want to get on TikTok, I'm going to use a VPN to get on, that somehow we could go after that American Mm -hmm. citizen. No, Mm -hmm. no, no, but we will put additional language in if necessary. Mm -hmm. Two, that this is somehow the Patriot Act Uh, refreshed. The actual language uh, that we used is exactly the language the Secretary of Commerce already has Mm -hmm. on trade adjustment legislation. But again, we will clarify further there is no expansion of government powers. And then three, uh, the criticism that somehow um, an innocent American company uh, could somehow get sanctioned by this by happening to do business in China. No, you have to demonstrate that the Chinese, the company is controlled by Chinese interest, and I'm, and because Chinese law, back as of 2017, says that any Chinese company, at the end of the day, has to be first and foremost mm-hmm. loyal not to customers or shareholders, but to the Communist Party of China. That control criteria is there. But again, um, we are working with some of our critics and to make some legislative changes to make explicitly clear that those criticisms are not valid.
1: Uh, senator Warner, really good to be with you, and thanks for your good work. Um, you know, uh, Senator Klobuchar, whenever I speak to a senator on tech issues, I'm really uh, encouraged. Uh, senator Klobuchar's view on antitrust, uh, Senator Bennett and his views on the need to create an additional regulatory agency of which there are none to oversee the largest sector in the world by market cap. I think the Restrict Act just feels like common sense. And then nothing, nothing. And I'm trying to figure out why, you know, there's an FDA for food, there's an SEC for bank, you know, for f- the financial markets. Is it just pure money? Is it these folks have more money? Is it that we worship them so we're you don't get the public support? Mm-hmm. Why, if like every other legislation as it comes to big tech, if this goes the way of all of it, we'll all nod our head and then nothing will happen? What? You, you have a front row seat here. Why can't we
3: get anything done here? Well, Scott, I think it's a, cu- a couple of factors. Um, one is, I think we were all, for the first 10 or 15 years of this century, way too techno-optimists. Mm-hmm. Uh, we said, all these great things kind of come with tech. And there have been great things. Great things have come from social media. There's great creativity on TikTok. I, I'm all for some other platform providing that same outlet for social influencers to make money. But we kind of were unwilling to acknowledge there was a deep dark underbelly from all of this mm-hmm. and the democrats you know especially during obama were hugely techno optimists enthralled with the silicon valley the republicans were traditionally you know more pro business so you didn't start with any kind of Nash, uh, uh, traditional adversary for these partners, these players. Then when we had even the lowest hanging fruit, something called the Honest Ads Act that I think everybody mm-hmm. supported, They said if you advertise on Facebook a political ad, there ought to be the same disclosure requirements uh, that you would have uh, if you were on TV or radio. And a little bit the social media companies are good at rope-a-dope. You now, oh, I'm fa- for that, or I'm for that in concept until you actually see it written on a piece of paper. Uh, is part of the problem. And then your point, Scott, that these were hugely, hugely profitable companies, and they are more than willing to spend their resources. I you know uh, I supported Amy's approach on on uh, antitrust because I think some of the self-dealing needed to be dealt with. But it's um you know she can say more articulately than I but you know she got just overwhelmed with the amount of money being spent. I'm, was. I'm seeing this real time. I don't think there is a lobbyist in DC that I know that's not on TikTok's payroll at this point. Right. Now again that's part of the process but I don't think we should underestimate Is it
0: having an effect that that the because it worked I, I, for it worked against Sammy, or well,
3: I, I tell you, the are are moving uh, along literally with folks lined up to get on our restrict bill since the mm-hmm. opposition is, has has kind of blossomed all at once and it was interesting. It was almost like a light switch went off. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are working with some of the folks who've got concerns because if they've got legitimate concerns about individuals falling prey or mm-hmm. you know expansion of government uh, powers or some some co- company being inadvertently hit i think we can address those concerns yeah um and can there's I ask- also i think there's also was on tiktok in particular the the notion well gosh this is really popular with young people it is mm-hmm. and i've had a bunch of folks who are you know are social influencers who make their money off of tiktok i haven't heard any of them they want to maintain that that ability to have that income stream, but none of them said it needs to be uh, a company that is indirectly controlled by the Communist Party of China. Right, which is not going to change. Just one last last quick point. This is not just Americans. Canada has banned TikTok, EU, the Brits, uh, the Australians. The Indians have banned it outright. The other governments have banned it just in in terms of their governmental use. And the BBC, not exactly some, you know, not progressive-leaning group, has basically told all the journalists, get off TikTok because chances are you're getting monitored.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So the proof. You have, you're you the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. I'm guessing you've seen the proof.
3: I, I can tell you this. There is a reason why every law enforcement entity, it's reason why the armed forces, the reasons why every one of our 17 intelligence agencies think that TikTok is a national security risk.
0: What's the reason? Can we see
3: you know, it? I'm not going to go and uh, Let's pass the bill, and then they still got to make the the case. So the, the okay. intel community would have to then declassify. I can't, de- I can't, you know, magically declassify right now. But you feel there's ample proof. Let me be. Uh, maybe let me not act like you. Know, You got the absolute smoking gun. Mm -hmm. Most of this is the potential abuse, Mm -hmm. not current, not current abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the TikTok calling. But Mm -hmm. the thing was with Huawei, on the back door, what finally convinced people we needed to move on this was the fact that Huawei had sold their systems subsidized by the Chinese government mm-hmm. with almost a 100 percent match of where our, our intercontinental ballistic missile systems were. So mm-hmm. some of this on TikTok is the potential abuse, not actual abuse. Mm-hmm. But why take that? Why would you have to take that risk, particularly when you're thinking about the propaganda tool? All
0: right. I'm going to move us to the online uh, Kids Online Safety Act. This bill failed last year after advocacy groups said it was too broad. Now it's been reintroduced. And, of course, there's a version of in California. 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 What's different this time around, and why should it pass? The ACLU and Fight for Future Will still oppose the rework bill. The ACLU says the bill would let companies collect more information about who is and isn't a minor than it should be seeking to curb data abuses.
3: Well, Karen, there's not much difference in the substance. I don't think there's anything different. I'm a Mm -hmm. co-sponsor of it. Mm -hmm. But it it's, it should have been a no-brainer. I mean, this mm-hmm. gives does put a, quote-unquote, duty of care on the tech companies to make sure for folks under 17, they take some steps. Again, that's a bit amorphous, but as as we've seen in the UK, they're actually implementing s- similar, tougher-type legislation to protect their kids. It would give parents some more control. And when we see the level of mental health issues, particularly coming out of COVID, and again, not all due to social media, but in many cases exacerbated mm-hmm. by social media. Mm -hmm. social media. I mean, uh, the the epidemic of of body shaming issues, the epidemic of uh, eating disorders, oftentimes accelerated by some of these social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, This should be a no-brainer. And I do think this session, um, it will get done. I think it will get marked up uh, shortly. And and, um, again, it goes back to your earlier point. If we can't if we can't protect our kids or if we can't take on something that is a national security risk within this domain, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to Scott's point, what in the heck are we doing? Why why can't we move the ball on any of this when, frankly, when we don't at the congressional level, we cede to a quilt work of state laws or, as we've seen time and again, we basically cede American leadership to the EU mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. to our friends in the UK right. who are willing to take action.
1: So. Uh, some studies came out this week, I think, validating what a lot of us, you know, felt, and that is that mental wellness among teens is inversely correlated to their phone usage. Full stop. That if if a kid uses a lot, is on his phone all the time, he's just much more prone to you know mental health issues. We age gate the military, we age gate driving, we age gate pornography, we age gate alcohol. Wouldn't a fairly simple solution? And I know you've talked about this be to age-gate all social media? Because if you don't age-gate it for everybody, the kid that's not on it is also depressed because he's isolated uh, from the rest of his community. What's your view on age-gating and how do we get it done?
3: You know, I I have, first of all, I don't know any family post-COVID that doesn't have mental health issues, including my own uh, family. And so, and, and the tools of social media, which has been, again, scientifically proven now to exacerbate some of these issues. I mean, uh, this is not speculation. This is real. Um, on the age gating, Scott, I, I've thought about it. I probably don't, you know, I've, I've not taken a position yet because I've not thought it all the way through. So at some level, I don't know what that age gate necessarily should be. But the ability to at least um, limit what type of of access and uh, and can you use it for a learning purpose, but not the device for a learning purpose or an educational, but not a, um, you know, not a social media platform. I think reasonable people can get to a yes on some of this. And, and our failure to do so, I think, goes back to that uh, enormous, enormous power. And these are great companies. I don't want to underestimate the fact that, you know, the Googles, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Apples—they mm-hmm. are great American icon companies. But their unwillingness to acknowledge that that there is a deep, dark underbelly in some of their production is deeply disturbing. And I, you know, applaud you guys because you guys have been fairly long, lonely voices for a long time yeah. in a tech sector that is mostly obsequious to these companies. You well, um, know.
0: And what is the opposition now? What is the, what is the? the—I mean, people are worried. I'm worried about the data collected on who is not a minor, too. They're just, We're given the opportunity to have more data, but wh- where is the actual opposition right now? And
3: The actual opposition right now has morphed into—and um, and this is a bit of an overstatement, but still more on the Republican side, unwilling to do anything that's viewed as anti-business. Now, let me be clear. There are plenty of Except my Except for Disney.
0: Friends. They do like— Attacking Disney, but go ahead. Yeah,
3: but but there are a, a, a lot of folks, a lot of Republican members who who are strong advocates of some of this. Um, what we've not done, and and I'm willing to you know, amend my or change my restrict bills if you know, make it frame. We got a lot of different paths uh, that we're working on. Um, Prioritization, whether it's antitrust, whether it's Section 230, mm-hmm. whether it's privacy, whether it's kids, I would hope, and you know, as much as I want to try to do the actions on uh, the national security issues, if we could take a giant step forward on kids' online safety, um, that would be a huge, a, a huge win uh, for our society. And I met with the British regulators recently, and you know they are now. Because some of these issues, it's easy to say, I'm yeah. for kids, I have to we're the devil in the details on how you get this right, particularly on some of these burdens of what is inappropriate behavior. You know, it, it's, I don't want to dismiss, it's tough, but the Brits are doing it.
0: Yeah. All right. Topic of AI. We're moving to that. You asked test companies, including OpenAI, to open up and how they assess and mitigate risks from AI models. Um, you requested they respond by May 26. Have any companies responded? And what we do you have- want to learn?
3: We have one, we have heard from virtually all the companies that they want to, Mm -hmm. uh, they intend to respond. Mm -hmm. Two, what I tried to do here, and I I say this as somebody who's trying to learn as quickly as possible, and I'm actually bringing in some of the uh, Sam Altman and Alexander Mm Wang and some folks from NVIDIA tomorrow to both talk to the intelligence community but also to help educate a dozen plus bipartisan senators. Um, What I tried to do with my letter was let me claim a spot from a policy. Standpoint where I think there is mm-hmm. no disagreement that we need to have basic security requirements. We need to make sure that these platforms, mm-hmm. um, these langu- large language learning models, you know, have basic cybersecurity built in, for example, rather than bolted on the way we do in, in uh, mm-hmm. many many systems. It becomes an afterthought rather than you know, kind of the. Uh, Part of the sauce that is that is built from the beginning. And I think folks get that. Um, and I'll be anxious to see what kind of response uh, they give us. Um, I, again, most of the brand name CEOs, and I've met most all of them, and many of them are obviously brilliant, uh, they all say they want um you know, some regulations, some rules of the road. Sure, regulate me, please. I, I worry, though. Uh, maybe being like worry. now an old guy right. that I've heard this line before. You from have the heard social this line companies. before, you and have then heard like, this you know from- they got to It's gonna be fine until you actually say, "Okay, let's look at your internal biases. Let's look at you know what you kind need of a um, global body. Yeah, what I, kind yeah. of publishing rights? What about all the folks who, who who may suddenly decide there's no need to create content anymore because you're not gonna get you're not gonna get paid for it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a global body, it would be, would be, you know, if you, one of the things that I don't think most folks know, and I, I didn't really know this until recently, was in the 90s, mm-hmm. there was a real effort to create a global set of standards around cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And everybody was in China and Russia. It was actually the United States in the late 90s that pulled out of the kind of UN-driven efforts to try to create mm-hmm. some cyber set of standards that might say, you know, you, you you blow up a healthcare system, it's the same as in war blowing up a, you mm-hmm. know, a hospital. Um, and I think we got out of it because we thought we were so far ahead. I hope any nation state at this point, particularly when it comes to AI, mm-hmm. doesn't have the hubris to think, you know, even if we're ahead today, that we're going to be ahead forever. This right. is a global issue, um, and it's one that uh, uh, needs some set of standards. Amen.
1: You chair the Senate Intelligence Committee. You have access to the most insight from the greatest intelligence apparatus in the world. What in your view would it, would it mean for the world and for America if we don't repel Russia from Ukraine? What, what, what's at stake here?
3: What's at stake is much more than Ukraine's territorial integrity. What's at stake is whether an authoritarian regime that stifles virtually any dissent is able to violate every component of international law and roll over a free and democratic country. And it goes well beyond what would happen with Ukraine. It suddenly makes all those frontline states, particularly the Baltic nations and Poland— potentially up for grabs next. Uh, The the hypocrisy of some of these guys that I work with who want to give Putin a free pass in in Ukraine, but at the same time say, I'm concerned about President Xi taking on Taiwan. Well, you give Putin a win in Ukraine, and that is nothing but a full green light for Xi's expansionist uh, opportunities vis-a-vis Taiwan and frankly, uh, in all of South Southeast Asia. So uh, I think they are linked. I do think it is, I think our intelligence community on this one uh, has really stepped up. The fact that they were willing to declassify and for any spy to give up information is always kind of tough, but Mm -hmm. declassify, particularly in advance of the invasion, what Putin's plans were gonna be, and that caught Putin off guard. so uh, I think this is, you know, the issue of our time. I think the issue of our time is not just Putin and 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 uh, the Ukrainian circumstance, which is kind of conventional warfare. I think the a- issue of our time, even greater, is this technology competition with China uh, and their almost Orwellian surveillance state that they've created mm-hmm. and how that permeates both the intellectual property theft they do and the kind of level of investment they're making in technology domain after technology Agreed. domain.
0: Agreed. The Russians are the sidelight, but you can't lose this war. You can't because it gives. It's about China. Everything is about China going forward. It would seem, Um, and I think it's
3: really important though to make make clear, as a policymaker at least, that you know my beef is with the Communist Party in China and Xi Jinping. It is not with the Chinese people. It is not with the Chinese diaspora. And that's I think important not just to, to be. Sound appropriate, but you know, the Chinese diaspora still communicates a lot on WeChat. And if you don't make that point, the Communist Party is going to make the case of, hey, you see all these Western nations, all these other nations, they're just anti Chinese. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that is it's, not in, it's an interesting,
0: a couple of years ago when I did that piece saying, I love TikTok, I'm using a burner phone. This is about four years ago. Great product. It's going to be huge. Uh, I got attacked for being anti Chinese. I said, I'm anti-Chinese party. I know you've got to go. Last very quick question. No, no, come on. Let's
3: go a couple more. This is much much more fun than what I got to go back to and much more interesting.
0: Well, I'd love to see your TikTok proof if you could send it to me right away. I'd love that. Um, But we can't go without asking about the Supreme Court. Should the court adopt a binding code of ethics? And if it doesn't, what can
3: Congress do? It should absolutely adopt a binding code of ethics. Everybody else has to operate in in public life. Congress does. Other judges do. Um, you know, the presidential office is supposed to—the Supreme Court, I, I don't understand, even from a Judge Roberts who I think has tried to, you know, pretty much play down the middle, why there's a, not a little more self-reflection there and a willingness to move forward on this.
0: So if it doesn't, should Congress take action?
3: Yeah, I you know, I went to law school but I never practiced a day of law so I don't have the foggiest notion of who would win that uh, mm-hmm. that legal battle but I think yeah I think Congress should I think it would it would be hard pressed to have a court say we're going to reject Congress's um notion of of what the ethics are whether that meets mm-hmm. constitutional muster or not leave it to others.
0: So they might do that, but Senators Markey and Blumenthal have called for Clarence Thomas to resign over this. He didn't recuse himself from a case involving Harlan Crow, who seems to be rather generous with him. Do you have anything to add?
3: What I would add is I think Supreme Court needs a code of ethics, and I think Judge Thomas, if he wants to maintain any level of credibility, needs to give uh, his fellow justices and more importantly the American public some explanation of how and why this happened.
0: You think he's going to do that? Shamelessness seems to be a disease in Washington
3: these days. I'm, I'm not holding my breath.
0: Not holding your breath, but should he resign?
3: Listen, I'm not there uh, at this point. I do think he needs to give some better explanation or or description of how this came about, and I also think there needs to be uh, completely on a going forward basis a set of ethics so that if there is any doubt in any of these justices' minds about what is appropriate or not that you'd got a code of ethics that you could refer to?
1: I'm gonna glom all over you right now. You were the first person to graduate, I, my understanding is from college on either side of your family. You're a valedictorian. You started a you started a business, you made a shit ton of money, and I say that in the best possible way, elected to the Senate, you had the Senate Intelligence Committee. You're I mean relative to your peers, you're still a young man, but you're not a young man. Like what what box is left for you to check when you think, when you're sitting there at night alone or talking to the people that matter to you, like, what do you want your crowning achievement to be? Is it around a certain issue? Is it around, like, what's w- w- well, what you, do you want to accomplish over the next 10 you, years?
3: One, you're generous what you said. And two, I get to do this on terms. This job, and I didn't think I fully appreciated when I first got it. On terms that very few people do. Um, I was lucky enough to do well in business before I came in came into this. I was governor before I was senator, so I got a little bit ex- executive experience. And frankly, the first couple of years of being senator, I didn't like it all, and I, I kind of stunk at the job because um, I was I wasn't used to being told you know go to the end of the line, wait your turn. And the whole notion of what I thought was my skill set, which is how do you get people that might disagree to yes, um, didn't seem to be valued very much. But the fact that I've got financial resources, the fact that I have the 535 members of Congress live closer, my main house is in in Alexandria, in Old Town, and quote Sarah Palin, I can see the Capitol from the third floor of my house. So <laughs> I only got a 20-minute commute as opposed to the men and women who got literally you know, a full-day commute, gives me an ability, and I... I think I've been governor senator enough that I I hope I'm doing this for the right reasons. And where I think my value add now is helping sort through these technology issues, recognizing, as Kara said, the challenge of our time is this technology competition with China. And if we can continue to be the innovative nation that we've always been, but recognize that there is a very different authoritarian mindset out there that could use technology for ways that could be, really bad for the very nature of how humans exist. Uh, if I can help navigate that and do it in a bipartisan way, I like to joke I work in the only place in America where being a gang member is a good thing. Um, I got my gang taps up and down both my arms all the time from all the gangs I've been in, uh, you know, on infrastructure and, and uh, the chips and you name it. Uh, so I'm, I like this job and I th- hope I do it pretty well. And, uh, you know, it's the honor of my lifetime to represent the people of Virginia.
0: Scott referenced your age, which is young for the Senate. Um, I'm I'm,
3: I'm the only uh, place in America at 68 years old, I'm one of the young guys. But I'm very immature. I'm very immature.
0: Um, Still old. So last week, you and I have talked a lot about misinformation over the years, and we're both very familiar with it. Uh, Last week, an altered video of Diane Feinstein returning to the Senate showed her getting dropped off by a hearse, which was terrible, but she has age issues, and there is that that is happening within Scott talks about it quite a bit, um, is the age of Congress versus the age of the country and the ability to deal with important issues like tech, et cetera, et cetera. How do you look at that? How does that change, especially when we're in such a partisan state? Joe Manchin might shift over to the Republicans, he might not, he might run for president, et cetera, et cetera. This is a this is a 50-50 country at this point.
3: Yeah, and I'm not going to comment on Diane. I'm glad she's back. I hope she's doing better. Um, I actually don't know if I fully agree that we're as divided as as everybody says. I mean, Mm -hmm. the last two years in the Senate as productive as any time I've been here, even as productive as the first couple years of Obama when Democrats had ran the whole show. If you look at virtually everything we did in the last two years, from the infrastructure bill to the chips bill to the small step on guns to making sure we never have another January 6th, the so-called Electoral Count Act, it was all done bipartisan. And frankly, most of the stuff in the Inflation Reduction Act on the energy stuff, we could have gotten lots of Republican votes for. So I think there are a lot more rational people in both parties than the, the loud voices say. Well, the, my appeal to people all the time is, you know, I'm proud to be a Democrat, but I don't care if you vote for a Democrat or Republican, vote for somebody who knows how to get to yes. The number of guys and gals that I work with who you know can tell you what they're against and have this view, view that they are absolutely right on every issue blows my mind. And it's like, you know, the fact is people mm-hmm. say, well, don't you get sick of working with X, Y, Z? Yeah, but I don't have a choice. It's like mm-hmm. a high school you never graduate from. You know, I got mm-hmm. the same. If I get pissed at somebody, I still got to deal with them. So figuring mm-hmm. out a way to to deal with that person, and at the same time encouraging more people that can then uh, find a way to get to yes, um, I think is important. And I and I I don't lose faith because I, the last couple of years uh, was as I you know, as productive as any time since I've been here.
0: Let's get to yes, Scott. What do you say?
1: Maybe. Maybe. We
0: like to get to maybe. That's where we get to. Maybe. Probably yes, not.
1: But. Yes, I but. don't know.
0: I don't know. Anyway, Senator Warner, you're one of my favorite senators. Thank you so much. And I'm super excited for you to send me all that TikTok classified information. Super excited.
1: Thank you,
3: Senator. Kara yeah, Scott, thanks so much. All right, Scott, isn't
0: he an impressive senator? are we impressed by the elected officials we bring here?
3: Yep, 100%. I have to say.
0: Anyway, one more quick break. We'll be back
2: for wins and fails. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.
0: Okay, Scott, let's hear some wins and fails. Gosh, there's so many to pick from, I guess. I, I think here's what I, a fail was this story about the new details are coming out with a very complicated portrait around the Bob Lee's death. And this, this Wall Street Journal story was really quite something. You should read it. It's about, he did, lived in this thing called the lifestyle, which is, mm-hmm. sounds like just a lot of sex and drugs. Um, and I thought it was a really well done piece. And it's, I feel sad for all those people. I, I'm aware of that group of people and there's a lot more people in it than you think. Um, and I feel sad for those really rich people who are sort of floating around from Cabo San Lucas to this place to that place and on a perpetual, um, I don't know. These smart people should spend more time doing smart things, and it seems—I I get they want to explore and be themselves, but a, a 24-7, 365 burning man seems a waste of your life, in my opinion. But that's just me. So that was kind of sad. It made me sad. That piece made me sad, sad, I
1: wouldn't—I mean, if you're Tony Shay and you surround yourself with sycophants and you're— yeah. Abusing drugs and getting fascinated with fire and end up dying of smoke inhalation in the mm-hmm. fire you started. I mean, you feel sorry for that guy, but you know why this group of tech elite engage mm-hmm. in designer drugs and sex? Mm. Because they can.
0: Yeah, I know, but because
1: it's... it's a lot of fun. I wouldn't feel sorry for them. And I don't feel
0: sorry. I just thought I felt sad after listening. I get it, but
1: you know what? It's not reading it. the thing. The thing I find we have such a kind of conservative society. A lot of the articles I saw were. Ooh, it ends up that he was part of it. They call it underground, mm-hmm. underground not, no, sex I knew, and I'm drug a, I'm culture. I'm aware of it. It's not. And not it's like, okay, it's kind of, it felt to me sort of judgmental as if it somehow rationalized the murder. Mm-mm. And that's not true at all. It's people engage in sex and drugs and rich people do it in disproportionate amounts di- in different yeah, different point. ways. because. Uh, you know, because they can, and most of them are able to handle it and manage their lives. I don't, yep. I, I find the the way the media positioned it as if, uh-oh, it wasn't a, it wasn't as tragic for him as we thought oh, because he was saying, I oh,
3: don't I, th- there's I in. There's
1: definitely in our country way. a conservative bent that somehow if they find, you know, they found ketamine in his blood and they said his blood. His they found blood, a lot of
0: stuff in his blood. Yeah,
1: they said his blood read like a pharmacy. And it's like. Yeah. You know what? A lot of people are doing a lot of drugs. It doesn't mean it makes it any less tragic when they get stabbed get three times. I
0: get it. I get it. I and just found I found that the I've I've met those people at their drifty little parties and
1: ayahuasca parties.
0: Whatever. They're I'm like, oh my God, do something else. Not I just I, I gotta tell the blame the homeless people are quiet. They're taking drugs and Oh, that sex. was
1: that was that was the worst part of this. Yeah. That they <laughs> go to the demonization of of yeah. homeless people and talk right. about incarceration who, in the disproportionate number of the homeless and people mm-hmm. incarcerated, t- tend to be lower income and people of color. Yeah. It's nothing but, in my opinion, non-empathetic, thinly veiled racism. It uh, is.
0: 100. Anyway, that w- just made me sad. That made me yeah, sad. I, I, and my I it. my My win? It. Louis yeah. Swisher! Happy <laughs> birthday! Sorry.
1: Good for him. <laughs> good for him and good for you. Good for you. i have
0: good kids. I like that. Yeah, kids.
1: we've heard that several million so times. Good. Okay, so wins and fails. Um, my win is Germany has finally committed to sending $3 billion of military aid uh, to Ukraine. Uh, Germany is the largest economy in Europe. Uh, Ger- Europe cannot win a land war, and it's Europe, let's be clear, it's Europe and it's NATO, and repel the Russians without the full throated support of Germany. And Germany, I think if you were to pick a place and say this is this is a great role model for how a democratic capitalist society should run, it they're mm-hmm. incredibly um, an incredible culture. I mean, this country was leveled, and within mm-hmm. thirty years they were making the best cars and some of the best manufactured yes. equipment in the world. and also best beer, quite frankly. But this is an impressive culture, highly productive, highly capitalist, very mindful of their past. I would argue in many ways more mindful of our than we are of our past, Mm -hmm. really attempted to come to grips with what has gone on there, put in place a lot of democratic rule. It is a progressive, wonderful country, but if it does not stand toe-to-toe with its other European allies in America on this, Mm -hmm. Europe's gonna lose this war. And as Senator Warner said, that gives China and every other autocracy a green light that if they have a bigger army than their neighbors, it pays to just invade. So I'm I'm really happy that the the, the German government uh, has decided to you know stop yep. I don't know wringing their hands and they're sending aid, including hands. including these incredible drone technology you can launch just just uh, handheld uh, drones. Anyways, that's my that's my win. My fail is a little deeper. Um, the uh, so r- earlier this week, um, I think it was the FDA recommended loosening the restrictions on who can give blood and Mm -hmm. uh because largely because of the aids crisis there was a series of restrictions around whether uh, gay men could give blood a series of questionnaires that a lot of people found kind of correctly discriminatory and finally all of that has been removed and there's questions that are applied to everybody now i believe around your recent sexual activity and whether you're the right person to give blood but i met a couple of like met a couple of gay guys in their early 30s and they were talking Mm -hmm. about and they had sort of a little bit of a um I'm gonna call it a conservative view on vaccines, but they were talking about vaccines. Well, I didn't get it. And I'm like, I remember just thinking, like these kids. I'm like, you just have no fucking idea. If you had mm-hmm. been born 20 years earlier, like your friends everywhere oh, would be dying.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and and DC and the press had this sort of conditional sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, they're victims, but they kind of deserve what happened to them. There right. was, mm-hmm. yeah, I came of kind of age or professional age in 1992, and I hope that COVID is the the worst thing that this generation has to face. But people forget, yeah, um, they just forget what yeah. what happened, mm-hmm. and oh, the wonderful thing, gay
0: guys—they're always my favorite. But go ahead.
1: The wonderful thing i'm like jesus christ boss you just have no fucking Mm-mm. idea what your Mm-mm. brothers brothers went through Mm-mm. who had the misfortune of being born in 1962 not 1982 yep. and anyways um but there's there was this wonderful thing called science and now your mortality rate for someone with hiv in in many most communities your life expectancy is about the same as someone without hiv and it was all through one thing. It was through yep. science. And it was through bipartisan support of science. The closest Math thing we science. have to a truth mm-hmm. is science. And now we do stupid things. And another one of the reasons I can't stand Elon Musk, prosecute Fauci, mm-hmm. people questioning the vaccine. Vaccines are a gift from God. This is the best yeah. vaccine, You're, the best thing, the best Robert most innovative Kennedy, thing
0: in, for in history
1: is not your iPhone, it's not chips, it's vaccines. Mm-hmm. Millions of lives saved every year, suffering yeah. d- d- death, disease, and disability. And so I, I, I worry that for some reason, we have somehow decided that your political stripes somehow should dictate whether you are pro or anti or skeptic of yeah. science, the, the, God, the godfather of my son, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's open about his HIV status. Mm-hmm. You know, he's my age, much healthier than me. Because yeah. of science. Science. Anyway. We love I'm, science I'm using, here on
0: this show. We love
1: science. My,
0: We love science. My,
1: And my loss nice is one. people who don't, for whatever reason, have decided that some view on science somehow indicates their political. You know, it's got nothing right. to do you with know politics. What?
0: Stick with hot lesbians and do not go there around go. conservative gay men. That would be my advice to you. All right. We want to hear from you. Send us your questions about business, tech, or whatever's on your mind. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. We're going to do a special show soon. People want a parenting show from us. We'll give it to you. We'll give you a dating show. We'll give you a pickup line show. Not. Okay, Scott, that's the show. We'll be back on Friday for more. Please read us out.
1: Today's show was produced by Lara and Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie and Jatot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Neil Saverio. Make sure you subscribe to the show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. Being anti-science doesn't say anything about your politics. It says that you're not closer to the truth. You do not walk hand in hand with the truth.